Yes, yes. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing today? It is Tuesday, so you know what that means. It means Touchdown Detroit Lions is here. It's 5 p.m. Detroit time, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. West Coast. And unfortunately, it is not a victory Tuesday. You know, um, it's officially the offseason. It's officially the offseason, unfortunately. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. I feel like we should be talking about the Lions moving on and playing in the Super Bowl, but we're not. It's all good, though. It's all good, though. We look strong in the first half. <laughs> but what's going on, everybody? Say what's up when you get in here. We'll stop. start talking some Lions. Rick Grit, how you doing? He's already got some stuff to say before we even start. Rick's going off. He says, there's no guarantee Badgley actually makes either one of the field goals. And even if he does, it does not necessarily change the final outcome. You are correct. And I agree with you. And we will get into that very shortly here. I'm going to say what's up to everybody here. Ryan, hello from work. Glad you're listening in from work. Kim Foderberg, good to see you in here. And Mary Peterson, good to see you in here. She said, the Lions had a great season. I agree. I agree. And yes, initially, after the loss, I was very upset. You know, it was a heartbreaking loss to be up 17 at half. Thinking that we're going to the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I never said it out loud. I never never vocalized it to anybody. Never was like, oh, we're... We're going to the Super Bowl. You know, I never said that during the game. But it definitely crossed my mind um, being up 17 and a half. And it should have been enough, but it wasn't. And we'll talk about this just real quick. I'm going to move on from the game here. But still say what's up once you get in here. And we'll get things rolling. It's the off season. We can, we can talk about all that other stuff too today. So, uh... <laughs> But yes, the Lions just just dropped the game to the Niners, 34-31. Um, we were we were com in complete control the first half, absolute domination. We were just moving the ball at will. Our run game was looking excellent. Jamo had an out, you know, just an outrageous run. Showed off his speed, showed off his moves, broke a few tackles. Had some guys just baffled that he ran right by him and all the way to the end zone. You love to see that from Jamo. And then the dance afterwards. Montgomery powerhouse in one end, doing what he does. And then, of course, the Gibbs touchdown was excellent as well. Um, but, you know, things things changed. And it was, it was a tale of two halves. And we could have even had an opportunity to put up more points at the end of that first half there. I think we missed Gibbs wide open in the end zone. Um, you know, they did put some pressure on Goff, so they missed it. But instead, you know, we kicked the field goal there. Go up 24-7 into the half. And, of course, we all know about the third quarter from hell. Um, it's been a problem all year. And, unfortunately, it happened in the biggest game of the year. And probably our worst third quarter. I think it actually was our worst th third quarter of the year. If not, top two for sure. But, um, you know... This came at the worst moment. The the Gibbs fumble hurt. The obviously the drops from Reynolds hurt. 
Vildor's breakup where the ball hit off of his helmet into Ayuk's hand was just luck for them and bad luck for us. The whole, I don't know, but what are they saying? The ladybug that landed on his shoe, they're, they're chalking it up to that. It, it is what it is. But we had an absolute collapse there in the third quarter. And that has been a problem all year long. But, um, you know, I think that uh, let, let's get into it. Everybody, not everybody. And Rick said something right up here. At the top to start off the show, even before we started, I saw the comment come in and I was happy to see that there I was sitting here waiting to start the show. And what's up, Lady Lion, before I get any further? This was the best year in a long time. Thank you, Lions. Absolutely correct. I agree. You know, this was an outstanding year. Um, Best Lions year of my lifetime that I remember watching. I was alive for the 91. I was alive when I was younger, but I was I was very young. And, you know, I remember watching Barry and all that, but, you know, it wasn't, I guess it just didn't hit me exactly how important it was back then because, you know, I was a little kid, but, you know, now that I'm older, we've been through all the struggle. It's been a long time. This was a long time coming and we all deserved it. I wish we were still playing, going to the Super Bowl, but the Lions gave us an outstanding year, you know, 12 and 5. Champions of the North got two home playoff games and won them and had a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, you can't ask for much more. There's really only a little bit more you can ask for, and we almost achieved that. You know, obviously it's heartbreaking, but this is different from the past. Um, and I said I was going to talk about the game a little bit, and we will. But, you know, we already got on this tangent. This this is, to me, different from the past. Um, I know they had a lot of talent back in the day. Uh, Barry Sanders, Herman Moore. You know, we, we had some studs. Lomas. They, you know, they kind of broke away. And if you watch the Bye Bye Barry documentary, um, you, you, can, you can chalk it up to what it is. But I think that this is a different group. And there's a lot of reasons why. And one of them... The main reason, not the main reason, but, um, you know, we have we have a good, most of our core guys are coming back that mean a lot to us. We do have some free agents that I would like to go out who are going to be free agents who are on our team who I would like to re-sign, and we'll get into that. But we did. We're bringing back somebody who is absolutely so important to this team, and it speaks volumes on, on everything. We, we're talking about it right off the bat. Let's get into it. Ben Johnson has informed the Seahawks and Commanders that he's staying with the Lions you love to see it, and this is why things are different here. You know, um, Dan Campbell has brought a culture here that makes coaches who are the top candidates to get a head coaching job at other places want to say no and stay here two years in a row. The players are buying in. They all are saying that Dan Campbell is the best coach that they've ever had. Frank Ragnow says that he didn't even know that there was a coach as good as Dan Campbell until he had Dan Campbell until he had Dan Campbell as a coach. Sorry. Montgomery says, you know, he, he, Dan Campbell always makes the right decisions. Let's get into what Rick was saying here. But, you know, you absolutely love to see Ben Johnson coming back and I'll get back into this. But this speaks volumes on why this team is different, and why we're going to be OK. We have so many guys Still left 
on rookie contracts that are value, very valuable pieces to this team. The the rookie class alone was just all out, just balling out all year long. And they got better each game throughout the season. Just imagine what they're going to be like next season. Then we got the guys who are two-year guys going into the third year. And then, of course, we got the first draft class from Brad Holmes, who keeps getting better and better as well. So that, to me, is another key factor why this team is different. And, of course, Dan Campbell, I, I, you know, I think that he just motivates these guys. And this one stings. I, I'm not saying that it didn't sting the guys in 1991, but you can tell that you know this is, this, these guys are all gritty. We brought this these people in these this personnel in for a reason. They are hungry. They love football. Stuff irks them. You know, we see it with Amon Ross St. Brown. He gets drafted in the fourth round. He remembers everybody's name in front of him, every wide receiver's name in front of him. And he holds a vendetta. He doesn't get selected to the Pro Bowl this year initially. He holds a vendetta, but now he's there. But I think we have a ton of guys like that. And I think that this loss is going to eat at them and they're going to want it more next year. Ben Johnson coming back proves that he wants it. This team's going to go all out. To me, it's Super Bowl or bust. And um, and and you just love to see the culture that's built there now. That's why I think it's different. I don't think that this culture was there in the back then. I, I, I could be wrong. I was very young. But I think it's a lot different now than it was back in the day. So I don't think... I know there was a lot of Lions fans worried, like, and even Dan Campbell, he had me worried right after the game, said this could be our only shot. And initially that upset me, but I I love it now. I think they can use it as fuel. I think it was, you know, it's candid. He's, he's authentic and he's not lying. It's so hard to get to that spot, but this team is very young. It looks like we're going to have, you know, we're, we're going to have, all of our core guys back no matter what. We are going to have to extend some guys. I would like to re-sign some guys. But the core pieces are there. And this just adds more fuel to the fire. It sucks that we didn't get there this year. But I trust that we will get back there sooner than later. Unlike before. But let's get into Rick's comment. Um, we were talking about the game. We were talking about the game. And there was some controversial decisions. The media, a lot of outside people who are not Detroit fans are criticizing Dan Campbell big time. I saw Detroit fans criticizing him. I, I saw people calling for his head, calling for his job. That I, I don't even know how that conversation comes up. Yes, he did have a few calls that were questionable, but calling for Dan Campbell's job after he took us from the Matt Patricia era to an NFC championship in just three short years that he's here? Get out of here. Yes, this man gambles, but he does it all year. He's consistent. If he if we would have made those catches on the fourth down, Josh Reynolds, the first one especially, was in his hands. It was a tough catch, but at the NFL level, you have to make that catch. But if he makes just that one, Dan Campbell is a genius. And it probably seals the deal. The way that I see it, you know, we, we, we've been doing this all year. We've been sealing games like this the entire season. I know it's the NFC Championship. But if we get that fourth and two, 
we take the crowd out of it completely. Yes, they scored right. You know, they got a field goal to come out of the half. But if we go down, get that fourth and two, their crowd is silenced. The defense is like, man, we can't stop these guys. They're going to go for it on fourth down. You know, they're probably gassed. I think we go down and we punch it in or we're at least getting points there. But it's it's going to take the crowd out of it. Now, the other negative side to that is that the crowd gets into it. If they stop it, they get momentum. That's what happened. But, Rick, you know, I, I have to agree with you. Um, a lot of people are wanting Dan Campbell to have taken the field goal there. But we, we've lived by this all year. We go for it. We try to put the team out of their misery and, and lock down the game. Badgley has not been that good from 40-plus yards in his career, and especially outdoors. Now, you know, if we make it, yes, we're putting ourselves in a much better position. But this is Dan Campbell football. This is what we've been doing all year long. I've said it. We've lived and died by it. He, he's going to go out there and do his thing. Most of the time, it's worked for us this year. I think it's been 20 out of 25 times this year we've converted on those fourth down attempts. And then in the playoffs, we were two for two before this game. So the numbers were there. And then Badgley, I think I have it somewhere right here, but he, he was the statistic from him kicking from 40 plus outdoors was not good at all. Not, not good at all. Like it was terrible. I know he hit a huge field goal for us against the Rams, but that was indoors Different circumstances, I think. But, you know, it is what it is. This is what Dan Campbell does. And he's still my coach. I'm going to ride with him. I respect the decision. The second field goal, I'm not going to lie. Or the second time that we could have taken the field goal. The second time we went for it on fourth down. Where it was a little bit longer. I thought that we should have went for the field goal there. We were down three. But you know what? Like I said, we've been doing this all year long. We live and die by it. He stayed true to who he is. And if we convert there, who knows what happens to. But, you know, um, I'm not going to put this game on Dan Campbell. A lot of people want to blame him solely for the, this loss and the reason why the Lions are not in the Super Bowl. But we got to go back to what I already pointed out. Gibbs fumble, a few drops. We could have had two interceptions. One went right off the helmet of Vildor. Like I already said, into Ayuk's hands, just unlucky. And then, of course, they go down and score. Very next drive was the Gibbs fumble. And then Cam Sutton had a pick in his hands as well, too. So, you know, opportunities were there to win this game outside of Dan Campbell's fourth down calls. Yes, they made a difference. But if we just executed on the first one, I think it's a whole different ballgame. I think that that was what started their momentum and started our downfall. But you can't blame Dan. He's been doing this all year long. If we convert, he's a genius. But since we didn't, people are calling for his head, which is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to go over the comments. I see you guys going off here. I see you guys going off here. Rick Ritt says that was P.I. anyway. Wouldn't have even mattered if he caught it. I think we're talking about the Vildor play. Yeah, they did pick up the flag. But I do see them if we picked it. They're probably going to be like, pass interference. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Rick, what if has no real answer? 
Hindsight is a mystery. Every decision has an effect, and every effect creates its own decision, which has its own effect, and so on. <laughs> You're right. There's there's no uh, no use in dwelling in the past or or worrying about the what if or shoulda coulda woulda. It's what happened, and we got to live with it. But you know, like we said, Dan's been doing this all year, and they're going crazy outside my door right now. I don't know if you can hear him slamming stuff around. But, yeah, we're going to be dealing with that today, I guess. MSU Detroit fan says, get help in the secondary, cornerback especially. After that, address the depth for the O-line, wide receiver, and edge. Yeah, we're going to get into all that talk here very soon. This is the episode we can actually do it, but I agree with you for all that. Let's talk that here in a second. MSU Detroit fan, the first filled fourth down. I didn't question that. Me neither. The second failed fourth down is what I questioned. Absolutely. And uh, when you're down three, um, you know, we can't go back on it now. But it's the NFC Championship. There, I think it was necessary to at least try for the field goal, especially after the first failed fourth down attempt. Just, Just give it a shot. But, you know, can't go back on it now. And who really cares? <laughs> I mean, I, I I did care at the time, but can't can't dwell on that. But I agree with you 100%. I was feeling the same way. Rick Grit, we wouldn't even have made it to the playoffs if Dan hadn't had didn't have the stones to go for it on fourth down. True. And that's what people need to realize too is that, you know, his style of play, his his uh, you know, his coaching method is the reason why the Lions are where they're at right now and why they're so successful. So um everybody's got to remember that. Got to got to remember that. I'm rolling with Dan. If if, if anybody's confused, I am rolling with Dan. He's my coach. I want I want him to extend. I want to extend him after this season. Let's go. I want Dan Campbell to be here for years. He's a young coach. He's going to get it. You know, some moments get the best of you. But I do believe that Dan Campbell is learning and getting much better. He's already a great coach, but he's going to be even better moving forward. He's he's a very good leader. The coaching, you know, the circumstances, they're all he he's getting much better at it. And we're seeing him grow in front of our eyes. This whole team, baby. <laughs> All right, here we go. Rick says, it wasn't the decision. It was the play call. Why are we passing on fourth and two? Feed, Demo, yeah. Uh, se- the second half in general, you know. And um, so we talked about Ben Johnson coming back. You know, he he's done great for us. I, I love that he's coming back. I think that that makes a huge difference for Goff and extension talks with him. And, uh, you know, just... Him and Goff have something going on, and and that makes a huge difference to have Ben Johnson here or not. But I was questioning what was going on in the second half there. You know, uh, we were just so dominant on the ground in the first half. Why go away from it? We I think we only ran the ball eight times in the second half. Now, I know circumstances call for certain play calls, and we did fumble it. We, I think the plan was to probably run the ball a lot on that drive. But then we got into... A little pickle there, and they wanted to start passing the ball, but I, I don't think that we should have. I think that we should have stuck to our game plan. Now, they did come out and start stuffing it a little bit more, but we were kind of running the ball more up the middle than on the outside, which was working. But even if they stuff it a few times, don't completely go away from the run game. So, yeah, fourth and two, I think Demo does pick it up. I, I think that, you know, we ha- he has the hunger and the drive and that O-line. I think we picked that up. I, I was I was questioning that as well. But at the same time, it was there. Uh, The pass was right there. It would have been difficult. But Josh Reynolds more than not catches that ball. And 
that's another guy I think that we need to lay off of a little bit. A, a lot of people are mad at him. I was too. You know, it's just uncharacteristic of Josh, but he's come up huge for us in so many other circumstances this year and oh, so many other different situations. You know, I don't think that we're in the NFC championship if Josh Reynolds doesn't make catches that happened earlier in the playoffs, you know, so um, or even in the season. So we can't. We can't get mad at Josh Reynolds either completely. The guy has been solid for us all year long, and unfortunately he had his worst game of the year in the NFC Championship. But the play was there. I didn't like the call initially. It was there, though. I think that if you go back and watch tape, Sam Laporta, also if if we hit him, you know, if Goff hits him on the turn, I think that he was open too. There was two guys over there, but Laporta ran a good route, and it was the same route, his little curl route, but... He had separation, and if we hit him on time, I think he had him there too. But uh, he, either way, Reynolds should have came up with the catch. Doesn't matter now, though. It doesn't matter. But uh, the call was, you know, I think that we could have just pounded the ball right there. And uh, that's what I was, <laughs> right after the play happened, I was like, why didn't we just run it? So, yeah, I'm with you there, Rick. Billy, good to see you in here. What up, though? Big money grip. Yeah, <laughs> good to see you in here, man. Rick Grit. All those people would have been praising him. Yes, talking about Dan Campbell if the convert happened. If we missed the field goal, everyone's asking why didn't we go for it. And that's that's the fine line that you live as a head coach. You know, you're gonna get praised and you're gonna get thrown out the window the next day. So uh Dan Campbell's fine with it, and he's not gonna change for anybody. I completely expected us to go for it, and we did. Unfortunately. Like we've all said, we didn't convert this time, but more times than not this year and many more times than not this year, we converted on those fourth downs. So you take the numbers there. If, if we if we convert, whole different ball game. Unfortunately, the momentum swung in their favor and they ran with it. All right, here we go. MSU Detroit fan. So I did some counting. The Lions had a grand total of 69 touchdowns with David Montgomery leading the team with 15. Gibbs was right behind him with 14. That's... That's amazing. That's a great stat. Thank you for pointing that out, MSU Detroit fan. And uh, you know what? What a what a year, honestly. Um, Got to look back on this and take the positives for what they are, and 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 what we're gonna do moving forward. We have Montgomery and Gibbs again next year. Gibbs is just now, you know, he was just starting to roll big time. Excuse me, at the end of that season, and. Um, I just think that it's going to get better from here on out. You know, we got Ben Johnson back. We are going to have to address that offensive line. We don't know if we're going to get Jonah Jackson back. You know, Frank Ragnow, I expect him to return. Some people were, you know, putting it out in the air that he might retire. I hope not, Frank. You know, stay with us. But I know that you've been getting banged up. He is young. He's only 27. But guy's been getting hurt big time. But, you know, I would, would love to have Frank... Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker back. And if we can re-sign Glasgow, I think that that's huge. I think Glasgow would love to come back and be with us. I'm not so sh- I'm not so sure we get Jonah Jackson back, though. But, um, you know, just looking at those numbers right there, the, the 14 and 15 touchdowns from Monty and Gibbs, just first year with the team, it's only going to get better from here. And the team's gelling. I hope that we bring back a lot of the guys that were with us. I don't think there's any need to really go out and get a ton of new guys. And, um, you know, let, let's 
I'm kind of going all over the place. I do this. This is it's the first off season episode, and uh, and I you know I've been down and out the last few days, but that Ben Johnson news uplifted me again. But you know I think all these guys want to stay together and they want to do this with as many pieces of this team as they can. Of course, it's going to look a little bit different, but I think that we can bring back a lot of the same people and add just a few key pieces. And I think that that's what Brad Holmes is going to do because we have to extend a few guys. And, um, and then we're going to, we're going to try and build this through the draft like he does, but I expect it to be a similar off season approach to last year. We do have a little bit more money. Um, as a matter of fact, let me pull up that graphic, not the Ben Johnny one. And there's our opponents. But uh, yeah, we have, according to PFF, 50, is that 58 or 56? I can't see. $58.6 million in cap space. But I think a lot of that is going to be used to bring back, uh, you know, Panay Sewell. We got to re-sign him. We got to lock him down. Amon Ross St. Brown, definitely have to lock him down as well. And I think they're going to pay Jared Goff. I hope that Goff takes a team-friendly deal. Um, he did kind of say after <laughs> he, uh, you know, they asked him what what's his what's his future look like in Detroit. Does he does he want to stay in Detroit? And he says he definitely loves Detroit, but it's not up to him his future or something along those lines. And you know, but he says he loves the city. But you know. Does it what what does it depend on then if it's not up to him? Does it depend on the dollar sign? <laughs> so, you know, I'm kind of worried there, but I, I do feel like they're gonna pay golf. Uh, he won us two home playoff games. We won an NFC North championship. I think that him and Ben Johnson work great together. So if you're gonna pay golf, um, lock up Ben Johnson as long as golf is here as well too. I think that Ben does have two more years on his contract. And from what I hear, we're not going to give him a raise this year. We did last year when he decided to stay, but we gave him, you know, a little extension too with that and his raise that year. So that's why he's coming back. But um, yeah, uh, Grick over here says it's up to his agent. And yeah, that's what that's kind of like, come on, Goff. Like, do you really love to be here? It's like, pay me. And I love and I love this city a little bit more, you know, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so so that's that's on the look for, but uh, I do expect us to make some splashes, at least one or two, and I hope that one of them is addressing either that cornerback room or the defensive line, or I, I would like to see us maybe you know get another guard there. That that would be a good move because we're gonna need some help there on the offensive line, but I think that we address that through the draft. But let me get over the comments here. I kind of went all over the place there, but we're in the off season. We can talk about it all now. All right. <laughs> this, this episode is, is maybe going to be a little all over the place. MSU Detroit fan. So Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown had 11 talking about touchdowns. Amazing. Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams, five Jared Goff and Craig Reynolds, two and Brock Wright, Khalif Raymond and Brian branch each had one. Jamison Williams breakout game expect to see him playing that way more on offense next year. And yeah, so um, I'll address, ooh, I'll address that comment. Um, <clears throat> JMO just looked like the guy that we drafted him to be this last game. He did have one that went right through his hands there on the flea flicker. Um, if he catches that, 
ah, you know, a whole different ball game there too. Because instead, three plays later, we go down and we don't convert on fourth down, and we're turning it over. So you know that was huge there. But other than that, Jamo had a great game, making contested catches. One that was gonna be a pick, kind of you know bobbled in and out of his and the defender's hands, and then he ripped it down and caught it. Um, and then that contested touchdown catch there at the end. And of course, the, the end around that I talked about earlier. But JMO is looking like the guy that we drafted him to be. And I expect him to be that all year long next year. And I, I and it's going to be a JMO breakout season next year. Um, I don't know if we bring back Josh Reynolds. I think that, you know, Goff and him have chemistry. I wouldn't mind bringing back Josh Reynolds. But it's it's JMO's time over there. It's going to be Amon Ra is, of course, our number one. But JMO will be our number two receiver. And he's going to be there full time. Not because we won't have Reynolds, because even if we do have Reynolds, I think JMO will earn that spot. I did see a lot of people out there talking about, you know, oh, Ben Johnson's coming back. Bad news for JMO, but at, at least, you know, good for Goff and the chemistry there. I don't think so. I think that, you know, this is good news for Jamison Williams, too, as you saw in this last game. He got utilized a lot more, and down the stretch he was, too. I think he's learning the offense more, and it's, it's just second nature to him now more than in the middle of the season when he was still kind of picking things up on the run because he had the suspension and all this. And, you know, just getting up to game speed, he really didn't have a lot of game experience other than the few games he played his rookie year when he first came in in the middle of the season this year. But, you know, JMO got it rolling, especially this last game. And I expect big things from him next year, especially with, you know, him and Goff starting to gain a lot more trust in each other. Uh, and like I said, he's got the system down. I think Ben Johnson trusts him a lot more. He blocks well. So I see him not taking over the number two spot at, or you know that spot out that Josh Reynolds had this year because maybe Josh Reynolds is gone. I think that he's earned it, and I think that he's going to continue to earn it all year next year and have a breakout season. Expect J-Mo to be one of our main contributors all year next year. But yeah, way, way to point that out there, MSU Detroit fan. Hatter's House, good to see you in here. We left about 15 to 20 plays out there that if we made every one of them, we could have won that game. Yeah, there was there was a ton of ton of plays that if they went the other way, we win. And um, it's unfortunate. It's a game of inches. That's how it goes sometimes. We've had plenty of games this year where it went the other way. And this time, unfortunately, it didn't. You know, uh, can't put this one on Dan Campbell. Uh, just like you said, you agree with Grit, Rick Grit, that Dan Campbell was damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. That's just that's just how it goes as a head coach in the league. And especially when you're a guy like Dan Campbell, who's passionate, you know, emotional, wears his heart on his sleeve, comes out here and talks about biting kneecaps, which I loved when he did. But the media has been, you know, just on his back, ever, not on his back in a good way. Like, they have just been you know, scrutinizing him the day that he's came in as head coach. So, of course, the first time in a huge game that he goes and he gambles and he plays and calls the game the same way he has been all year, and it happens to go in the favor of the other team, they're going to come out and absolutely try to hang this man. But you know what? I, I respect Dan Campbell for sticking to his guns and being the same coach that he has been all year. Love the guy. Wouldn't have any other coach as my coach. That's the way that I see it. And I know that all the Lions players feel that way as well. 
Rick Grit, can we give Cleet props for calling a clean game? I think there were like five penalties in that whole game. Yeah, uh, actually, I was impressed. Um, you know, I was uh, I was nervous when I found out he was going to be the ref. But yeah, it was overall a clean game and it didn't come down to any penalties or any, any you know, the refs did not get involved. They did not dictate the outcome of that game. And you love to see that. That's how it, that's how it should be, especially in playoff football. So thank you, Cleet. But, you know, wish we still would have won. But <laughs> but still, it didn't matter on the refs. I'm, I'm thankful for that because that would have been, oh, my God, you know, just I hate when when it comes down to the refs. <laughs> Hatter's House, yeah, that was a well-officiated game, agrees. Hatter's House also said, I think we let Jonah walk. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. I'm catching up again. I'm mustard. Here we go. But, yeah, Jonah probably walks. He was hurt a lot of the season. I don't want to keep injury-prone guys. But, you know, when he's – it does prove when he's not out there, you know, we're a weaker team. So we do have to fill that hole when he leaves, get a guy who can who can play an Iron Man type role. Not that he's – you know, I'm not calling him soft by any means. He, you know, Jonah Jackson, I loved what he did for us. But when he wasn't out there, you know, we, we lost some games, and, and, he, and it made a difference. We just not a, we just got to find somebody more depth there. I think that they were gonna you know they thought we were gonna get more out of Colby Swordsdale his first year, but he was a rookie and he was drafted late, so he could develop there. And um, Awasika, I think, is the other guy. You know, he 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 played decent for us, but we we need, definitely need to address that guard position here in the offseason, one hundred percent, especially if we're not bringing Jonah back, but. I think that I don't think that we are bringing him back either. I I think that he's gone. I think that he's going to want more money than what we want to pay him, especially for him being injured so many games this year. Rick Grit, Frank's not going anywhere. He'll be a lion as long as he's capable of playing football and long after. Yes, I agree. I and I you gotta you gotta keep the guy for life. You know he loves this team. He loves the city. He's he's you know when you think of grit. And you think of the Detroit Lions and what that means. That's Frank Rag now, baby. You know, he he'll tape up his leg that's fallen off and go out there and finish the game and not practice all week because he probably can't walk, but then come out there and somehow find a way to play the entire game, not miss a snap and play well, too. It's not like he's just going out there and and, you know, filling the void. No, he's he's moving bodies. <laughs> so <laughs> love to see that. And, and yeah, I, I hope Frank plays here for many years to come. Just get healthy. Go out there and rest. We got a, we got an off season now. Rest up. Even you know, show up to the to the volunteer days and and just sit there. You don't gotta you don't gotta participate. We know what you're capable of, Frank. Just do what you gotta do. But yeah, we're getting back to that golf talk right here. Rick Ritt says all about that money, and that's unfortunately what it comes down to. MSU Detroit fan, here's a question. Should the Lions re-sign C.J. Gardner-Johnson? And yes, that was going to be a topic today for sure. Let's get into it. What do you guys think? Do you think we should bring back C.J. Gardner-Johnson? I see a lot of fans mad at him. Uh, you know, especially after he started waving bye to the crowd early on in the game when we were up big. Thought that was a little little premature uh didn't like it when i saw it but you know um that's him he talks he runs his mouth 
this game, he couldn't back it up. I also didn't like the personal foul. I thought it was unnecessary. Uh, we did end up scoring, so it didn't matter. But the guy does have proven success in the NFL. You know, um, I was watching Crunch Time earlier, and uh, one of the guys in there, I think it was Lewis. I'm not sure. I forget his name. But uh, he pointed out that C.J. Gardner-Johnson is 20-5 and five as a starter in this league. 20 wins to five losses for games that he started. And over his last 10 games, he's gotten 10 interceptions. You know, so um, there's some numbers there to back why we should bring him back. And I don't necessarily think that if we do bring him back, that he's going to cost that much money. I think that he'll take a team-friendly deal, maybe another prove-it deal, because he was on a one-year prove-it deal. He was hurt the majority of the year. And his last game, the last few games, he didn't play at a top level. He didn't play at a level that deserves a top contract at safety. Now, do I think that's a position of need? Definitely not. If Atu Melifanwu, Melifanwu, you know, he emerged at the end of the season and proved that he's a guy that we could keep around a little bit longer and is a value to this team and really was, what you know, a key to the defense's success there in the playoffs and at the end of the season. We also have Kirby Joseph and we have a young Brian Branch. But I think our defense was playing its best down the stretch when we had all four safeties there. It was allowing, you know, two guys to play back while we could allow CJ Gardner Johnson and Ifatu Melifawu to run free at the quarterback or Branch and Ify to run free at the quarterback while, you know, we had Kirby and CJGJ drop back. So I think it was, you know, it, it did allow us more versatility on the defense. And like I said, I think that it wouldn't cost us a lot to bring him back. I think a lot of that matters on if Aaron Glenn comes back as well. I have not seen if anything went well with his interview with the commanders today. I'm sure they're going to make their decision here later on in the week. But if Aaron Glenn stays, I think that Gardner Johnson's going to want to stay. I think that they have a relationship, you know, Gardner Johnson already retweeted when Aaron Glenn was named by the players, the best defensive coordinator. He says, you know, no surprise here, something along those lines. And, um, you know, they, they got, they got a chemistry there. So I think he'll want to come back. I don't think that we need him to come back, but if the price is right, why not? I didn't like the wave. I didn't like the personal foul. He does run his mouth a lot. But I think he sets a tone there in the locker room as well. I think that, you know, he did bring an edge to the defense when he was gone. You kind of saw that disappear. They didn't really have a vocal guy step up. And, man, we were calling for Glenn's head. But it turned out that it was obviously the secondary in those corners who were the problem. But, you know, the, the secondary is still vulnerable. The, the safeties were the strong point. But I think with C.J. Gardner-Johnson there... And if we run that four safety package, I think that's when the defense was the strongest. And if we add a true cornerback one to that defense, it could be interesting to see how things play out. So if the price is right, why not bring him back? But, you know, if, if he's going to be asking for a big time contract when he hasn't earned it, 
let him walk at the same time. And if Aaron Glenn goes else goes to Washington, I don't see him coming back anyways. But I want to see what you guys think over here. I want to see what you think over here about CJGJ. Hattershouse says, I'm on the fence with CJ. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's that's another thing, too. But I think that's another reason why we could get him for, you know, a, a low amount. It wouldn't be mad if we let him walk, is what Hattershouse says as well. I And, you know, like, it's not, it's not a big deal to me. I don't think we necessarily need him. I'm not going to be upset if he walks. And I'm not going to, you know, like, go crazy if we resign. I'm not going to be like, yeah, we got him back. Like, I would have if he would have played maybe the whole year. And had a great year, like the year we expected him to have. But you know, I, I'm either way. I, I feel like I'm okay with it. That's just where I'm at with it. <laughs> MSU Detroit fan. I'm now realizing I typed and said he's instead of here's. Hey, I, I. It's all good. We got it. We got the question. Braylon, good to see you in here. Bring it back for one more year on a prove it deal. That's you know that's kind of where I see it going. Especially if Glenn's here. If Glenn's gone, I think that. You know, Glenn's going to want to take somebody at least with him to, you know, help run his defense and get the get the, you know, the grit in there. He's not going to be gritty over there, but get the culture set. I'm over here just thinking about grit. Think, crazy things are going through my mind right now. You know, just after that loss, I, I'm all over the place. But uh, Hatter's House says as long as we don't overpay. Yeah. And I, and I don't think like I said, I don't think that we would. I don't think that he's earned it. And I think that he knows that he knows he was out the majority of the season. He made a little bit of an impact. He had some picks, but, uh, you know, when it mattered. But he didn't play well this last game. And like I said, he was out the majority of the season. I'm going to go back up here. Missed a few comments here. Rickert says, CB1, D end, offensive guard, top. <laughs> offensive guard. Offensive guard, top needs. I agree. Braylon says, Aaron Glenn got to go now. Okay. Washington to take Glenn for the love of God. He wants to see him go. And Ryan says Josh is going to retire. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's address a few of these comments right here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the Aaron Glenn real quick since we were talking about that first off. Um, you know, I don't think he turned out to be as bad as what everybody or what a lot of people had thought of him in the middle of the season um he didn't have a lot to work with and that was obvious down the stretch uh you know cam sutton who we all thought was playing great and he was playing a lot better at the beginning of the season he has proven to be definitely not a cornerback one and that has got to be a huge huge thing that we address here in the offseason but you know aaron glenn just to stay on topic here I think deserves a little bit of slack. I think he turned out to be a lot better than what we thought. I don't think that he is the greatest defensive coordinator, but he got the job done when it mattered most. Now, you know, this past game, we collapsed. The offense collapsed. The defense collapsed. It was a total collapse. But this defense looked a lot better down the stretch and when we got key guys back as well. I think if we add some parts to the defensive line and like we were just talking about a true cornerback one gets get just some more bodies out there in general who are going to make a difference on that defense I think we'll see a lot different defensive coordinator out of Aaron Glenn 
I think that we're going to keep him if he does not get the job with Washington. Like, because, you know, Ben, you're not Ben Johnson. Dan Campbell loves him. I think that the players love him. I do think that he's a good leader of men. I think he's a good coach. But, you know, sometimes he has had very skeptical game plans this year and hasn't adjusted when we needed him to. So there's an argument to keep him. There's an argument to get rid of him. Um, right now, you know, I'm, I'm going to let the week play out. I'm going to let the week play out. I'm going to I'm going to see what happens with the Washington job and we'll go from there. And then I'll I'll address more thoughts on what I think we should do moving forward at the defensive coordinator project. Oh my God, I can, the defensive coordinator job, you know, um, if, if Glenn does go, I'll address this. I think that Shep is a good in-house candidate and a lot of people like John Fox as well. He is older. We've talked about it, but he's one of the best defensive minds the game has ever seen. So we do have some candidates there to replace them already in-house, but I'll let you know what I fully think once this, once this plays out on its own, if it does. <laughs> but Bradley wants him gone. But all right, let's talk uh, free agency. Let's and let's talk off season. We've got um, we've got some cap space, we've got some holes, and we've got a draft. Uh, we obviously all agree that we need a cornerback one. I think we all agree that we need some depth there at the offensive line. We're gonna need a guard because. It's looking like Jonah Jackson's going to walk or we're going to let him go away or maybe we don't care if he stays there or not. But regardless, we need to shore up depth there no matter what. I would also like to get some D-line help interior and at the edge, get somebody to help Hutch. A lot of people were saying Hutch had an underwhelming game there in the last game. He was getting too purdy, putting some pressures on him. He did have some deflections. I thought that, I thought eventually, you know, with Hutch's height and Purdy's height, we were going to get one of those for a pick. Didn't happen. Uh, we did get a pick, but it wasn't one of the ones that I thought we would get. But, you know, get some Hutch help. Get Hutch some help. Get some interior defensive line help there for Aleem McNeil. Some real deal dogs down in there. You know, I think we could use that even though the run game the run defense was great this year but we could always use more depth there but um that that's where I see us going you know cornerback one and I would like to address that with some free agency I, I think that there's some guys out there who are worthy of paying and bringing in there's also some good corners that are going to go in the first round of this draft and I wouldn't mind using our 29th overall pick in the first round to get a cornerback and have them be RCB one. I think there are some guys who can come in and play right off the bat. I, I would like to see Cooper DeGene. I've said that a few times. I've seen other people who want Kool-Aid to come in from Alabama and be our cornerback. You know, I wouldn't mind either one of them, but um, I'm going to go over here and see what positions would you like to bring in in the offseason, whether it be through free agency or through through the draft, and if you have specific players that you would like to bring, I've seen a lot of talks of the Zach Zenter out of you know Michigan. People want us to draft him. Um, I've seen people say, you know, there, there's a number of people 
that I've seen go out and get and whatnot. You know, they want us to go get an edge rusher in Josh Allen, not the quarterback, but the edge rusher. I've seen that he's going to be unattainable, but we'll see what happens. But who and what position would you specifically want us to go out and target? We're going to be talking about this. We have plenty of time to talk about it. I'm going to get more specific as the weeks go on, but I think it's an absolute necessary necessity that we go get a true cornerback one to help out Cam Sutton. You know, a lot of people calling for Cam's head here at the end of the season as well, saying, get him out of there. We got to cut him. I don't necessarily think we should do that. I think he is a good cornerback too. And I think we'll see that if we do go and get us a real deal cornerback one. No disrespect to Cam. He was playing well first eight games of the season. And then, you know, once you go up against the Justin Jefferson, a CD Lamb, you know, Mike Evans, you know, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, you're going to get exposed. And that he definitely did. He got exposed. So go out and get a cornerback one, and we'll see that Cam Sutton can play well as a cornerback too. He did in Pittsburgh. That's what he brought him over here for. But he's definitely not a cornerback one, so go out and get that. But over here, MSU Detroit fan says, in my opinion... Oh, we're talking over here about, yeah, this is about C.J. Gardner-Johnson. In my opinion, I'll give him a one-year deal with a second-year option because of with how many games he's missed. I'll be skeptic, but we did see what he brought to the safeties. Yeah, and, you know, he, he brings something to that locker room. He is he is a leader, even though he runs his mouth. It's it, it, I wouldn't mind. Rick says if A.G. leaves, no chance C.J. stays. 100% agree. Hatter's House says, I do like his energy and moxie. Yeah, you know, um, he's, like I said, he he brings a lot a lot to the defensive room as a leader, and he really fires him up. And that's what we were missing when he was gone. You could tell. They were, they were stale on defense. So I like that he brings that. He brings a lot of fire to that defensive side. But he's got to be able to back it up when he runs his mouth like that, especially when you've been running your mouth to Debo all year long and then you go out and you play his team and then he crapped the bed like that you know but uh but no I do I do like his grit and his attitude that he brings to that locker room for sure Rick Grit I think a true CB1 would make a huge difference for AG top wide receivers ate us up yeah you know you can only sell out so much and have it work when you're putting a Cam Sutton and a Vildor out there man to man with no help behind them. It's, it's gonna, you know, it, they're going to get big plays every once in a while. It's bound to happen, you, you know, but he did what he could with what he had. He was selling out. We were getting to the quarterback. He knew what we had to do in order for his defense to be effective. And like you said, if we can get some actual coverage out there to help the blitzes and whatnot, you know, it's going to make a huge difference. I, I I think that's got to be our number one position of need that we addressed here, that we address here in the offseason, 100%. Rick Grit says, I won't be heartbroken if he stays, talking about CJGJ, and I won't be heartbroken if he goes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Said the same thing. It's, uh, you know, I... I I don't I wouldn't say it's a win-win because, you know, losing him isn't a win, but it's not it's not the worst thing in the world because we do have guys who have stepped up and shown that they can play that position at a high level if Atu Melafanwu 
you know, that that guy. And he's another guy who was a part of that first draft class to, you know, maybe we don't have to give him a ton of money. But if you want to keep him around for a few years, you can extend him this year and probably get him for a lot lower than what he might be if we play him all year next year and he balls out. So, you know, uh, that brings me to my next point. We we have to lock down. The, if, if we want to keep these guys around who were a part of Brad Holmes' first draft class, I think we need to pay him this year, and we have the money to do it. And the guys who were a part of that draft class, Panay Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, definitely lock them down. But then we have the argument for a Lee McNeil and a Fatu Melanfawu. You know, those those guys I would definitely pay to keep around as well. And I think that we can get them on a good deal if we try to extend them this year. But here we go, going back into the comments. Hatter's House says, CB, guard, D-tackle, D-end, and wide receiver. Yeah, um... If Josh is gone, some people think he's going to retire here in the comments. Some people think that we might just move on from him. Um, he's a free agent. So maybe go and get a wide receiver. But I, I think JMO stepped in a, up in a big way. And Amin Ra is a stud. We all know that. But we are still going to need some depth there. We got Khalif Raymond, but he got hurt at the end. And he's not a big body receiver. He's not somebody like that. Um, I'm not sure that. We keep around Donovan Peoples-Jones um, or what kind of factor he makes moving forward. But, uh, you know, I, I would agree that that a wide receiver is a position of need there as well. Billy says, didn't Sutton play the second half of the year with a bad toe? That could have affected his play. Good point. I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that. Um that would make a huge difference as a corner. You know, I, I didn't play college ball or anything like that. Um, played high school, though, and I was a corner. And I could definitely see how a hurt toe would affect you, you know, immensely as a cornerback. You know, you're you're on the balls of your feet out there all the time. You're making cuts. You know, it's it, it would affect your play 100%. So good point there. Um, I, yeah, and I, I don't think we should be coming for Cam Sutton's head either. You know, like I said, he was asked to do a lot more than than he should have this year, in my opinion. I don't I don't think he's a true cornerback one. I think he's a great cornerback two or, or a good one at least. And uh and I think that that's what he should have been brought in here to do. We did give him a good deal. But go out there and give him a true cornerback one and see what he can really do. And I think that, you know, with a hurt toe there he still played decent. You know, he got burnt a lot there. He got exposed, but he was going up against some of the top receivers in the league, like all pro caliber receivers in the league. You know, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Puka Nakua. You know, you can argue Ayuk is, is a top receiver. I think he was a second team all pro this year. So, you know, we got to cut him a little bit of slack, but especially if he had a bad toe. So good point there. I completely forgot about that, but... I don't know if you saw a lot of people, you know, telling Cam, you know, could you please leave or hope that you get cut and all this stuff, which is just ridiculous. Like, don't do that. You don't play the game. You don't know how hard it is. These guys, you know, they're giving it their all out there. And especially like you pointed out, he has a hurt toe, but they were coming for him and he was not holding back. 
he was responding. <laughs> he was responding on Instagram and letting people know and letting them have it. So good on you, Cam. You know, I I didn't think that he had the greatest last few games, and it was, you know, he was definitely a weakness on this defense, and everybody saw it. But like I said, I think he was being asked to do a lot more than he should have been asked to. And way to point that out, Billy. Hurt toe. Didn't know. Forgot about it. Great point. Rick Grit. That was actually about AG, but the shoe still fits. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, we'll just, we'll just we'll just roll with it. So yeah, we do have some coaches who are up for some other jobs, and things could look different in the locker room this year, not just with the players. Um, Aaron Glenn just interviewed with the Washington Commanders today, and he is a candidate to become their head coach. Now that Ben Johnson's out of the picture. Maybe they have the mentality like, you know, we came all the way here. We're, we're not going home empty-handed. I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens there. We also have Antoine Randall L., who interviewed with the Bucks for their offensive coordinator position. And Tanner Ingstrand, Strand, Tanner Ingstrand, who is known as Ben Johnson's protege. Or, you know, his student, um, who is our passing coordinator. He has interviews or has interviewed with the Bucks for their offensive coordinating job as well. And for the Patriots offensive coordinator job as well. So there is a potential that we lose Aaron Glenn, Antoine Randall L and Tanner Ingstrand and maybe some other guys, but, um, we did, we're keeping Ben Johnson, which is a great thing for this team and the chemistry of that offense. Um, I did see somebody posted, I think it was Spencer from Woodward Sports, not trying to give them no no love, you know, but no hate either. But uh, he posted Ben Johnson's first tweet, or not tweet, but apparently his first text message to one of the players was to Frank Ragnow, and he said, hey, big head. So, <laughs> you know, you love to see that they're already you know, getting back together and, and the chemistry's there. So I think it was huge that Ben Johnson stayed for this team moving forward, especially that offense. I think it's bigger than AG leaving or staying. Much bigger, much bigger. But yes, we could have some coaching guys going. But um, also there was some news, and I think that this played into the, into the role of Ben Johnson staying, is our offensive lineman, our offensive line coach, can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he did inform Ben Johnson if Ben Johnson left that he would not go with him, that he would stay with Dan Campbell in Detroit. And, you know, that probably plays a huge factor as well. Ben would like to have a few guys go with him, and the offensive line coach would be a huge piece to bring with you. But him not leaving could have played a huge part in Ben staying as well. But, you know, they just have a lot more to accomplish. accomplish. He said... Job's not done. He wants to win a Lombardi trophy with the Lions, and you'd love to see that. And I think that's the expectation moving forward. You know, it's going to be a lot tougher next year. We do have a tougher schedule, and we can look at that. But uh, it, it's it's Super Bowl or bust from here on out. Well, actually, let's 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 look at the the free agents here first. I have this graphic up, and these are guys who we need to bring bring back. And we're at the hour, but it's the first postseason or first off-season episode 
we can talk a little bit here. But here's everybody who is on our team who is set to become a free agent. And I want to know out of this list who you would like to see us bring back. And I'll tell you who I would like to see us bring back on this list. We got Charles Harris, CJ Garner Johnson, Dan Skipper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Manuel Mosley, Graham Glasgow, Vitae, Jake McQuaid, Jalen Reeves-Mayman, Jonah Jackson, Josh Reynolds, Kendall Vildor, Matt Nelson, Michael Badgley, Romeo Okora, and Will Harris. All right. For me, I would say the absolute must-bring-backs. Got to bring back Glam Glasgow. You know, I think he's part of this culture. And he, and he played outstanding this year. I think he's going to come at a higher price. But give him at least another year. Bring him back for another year. I like Jalen Reeves-Mabin to come back. Uh, Jake McQuaid. like to bring him back as the long snapper. Um, and I think there's an, an argument there for Kendall Vildor. Even though, you know, he he gave up the that big play here. Hit off his helmet. Uh, he did give up some other big plays down the stretch, but I think he played decently well and could be a good depth piece there to the cornerback room. I don't think he would cost us much, so I wouldn't mind bringing Vildor back. Dan Skipper would like to see Dan Skip come back. Matt Nelson could work out as well, too. You know, he uh, didn't get to play this season, went out early on IR, which was unfortunate for him, but I, I think that he would have played a lot more. Maybe Dan Skip doesn't get as much time or maybe doesn't even get any time as all at all if uh, Matt Nelson's there but uh you know we'd like to see those guys come back if we're bringing back any Josh Reynolds I wouldn't mind him coming back either I think we get him back cheaper and you know he, he him and Goff have that that chemistry and he was solid for us all year long so those I'm not saying all those are must needs but those are guys that I would like to to bring back must needs to me are, are Graham Glasgow uh Jalen Reeves Maven and, and probably long snapper, McQuaid. But, you know, I would like to bring back a lot of those guys, though, just, just for the locker room. Uh, you know, they, they had chemistry. But we could let a lot of those people walk, too, and upgrade there, too. But here we go. I'm going to come over to the comments, see what you got to say. Hatter's house. Glasgow, yes. Reeves Maven, yes. Skip, yes. Everyone else can go. Oh, yeah, maybe McQuaid, he says, can stay. Okay. I'm with you there. Rick Grit says, Germ and Graham are top of the list 100%. Hatter's House, Will Harris shaking my head. He should have been gone three years ago. I think he's finally out the door. <laughs> we'll see, though. <laughs> we'll see if they bring him back, man, among, you know, over other people. I just don't know. I think they like him in the locker room there, though. But, yeah, I think it's finally time that Will Harris is, is going to be gone. I think I think this is it. <laughs> I think this is it. We'll see, though. Hatter's House, I'm on the fence with Josh and CJ, GJ. Rick Grit, yes, definitely Skip. Yeah, I, you know, love Skip, man. He's another locker room guy, but he he embodies that grit mentality, and he really played a big part for this team this year, you know. Stepped in, filled the void when we needed him, came out there, played a lot of tight end for us, you know, for blocking, blocking purposes, but... uh Love Skip. Would love to see him back. Hatter's House. I honestly think they will bring Will Harris back. I think is what you're talking about. Oh, man. I know. I think they like him. <laughs> I think they like him. 
They said he's like a little Swiss army knife for him. He can play a few different positions. So, you know, depth piece. If they bring him back, just hopefully he doesn't see the field next year. <laughs> the Wands, good to see you back. See, keep CJ, man. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to show what he could really do. But deuces to Will Harris. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm does you know, CJ Garner Johnson, I think we get him back for a friendly deal, but I think it's gonna matter on if Glenn is here or not. So Let's see how that plays out first. If Glenn's here, I, I wouldn't mind bringing CJ Gardner Johnson back on a team friendly deal. And, you know, that four safety rotation or that package when they had them all out there, it worked pretty well. You get a, a true cornerback one out there on the other side of Cam Sutton, let Cam Sutton be the CB2. I think that that package works out really well. Um, so, would be interested to see where we go there. But I think it all matters on if Glenn comes back first or not. Hatter's house, bring him back. Bring him back. Talking about CJ, GJ? You're on the fence? Now, now we're bringing him back? We jumped the fence, we're there? <laughs> I don't mind either way. You know, I, I would... I think he would want to come back, though, if Glenn's there. And, and I don't think we should drive him out of town. I see a lot of people, you know, just so mad at him right now for the wave and everything. And saying... I, I saw a tweet out there. I think we all agree that we want this guy gone, right? No, we, we don't all agree on that. No, we don't. I don't. Hattershouse says, I was talking about thinking we will bring Will Harris back. Oh, bring him back. Oh, yeah, no, I, I thought earlier that you thought that we would bring back Will Harris. Yeah, and that's, I, that's what I was laughing about. I think that they like him. I think that they're going to bring him back. And if you like to bring him back, you know, whatever. That's your opinion. I think that this is the year that we could let him go. And it's finally the the biggest, you know, the... The best opportunity to let him walk, but um, like you said, I think they like him. All right, let's look at the schedule here before we get out of here, and and I'll let you guys go, and, and we'll, we'll talk about one more thing, but looking at the initial schedule, yeah, Hatter's House, I don't want to, but I have a feeling they will bring him back. He must have some dirt on them. <laughs> he might. There might be that. That might be the deal. Maybe Will Harris has some dirt on the Lions organization. He's like, look, it, no one else is going to take me, but you're not getting rid of me. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? That's hilarious, though. But all right, this is what our Lions schedule is looking like next year. We don't know the exact dates, but we know the home and away opponents. And thank you to Lions on Tap for this graphic. But um, if I, I want to do this today. Just today, and then we'll visit it after the draft and after free agency and all that. But um, just your initial with the team that we have right now and what you think we might do here in the future. After this season, after we played, and after how these teams played, if you had to give an off-the-top-of-your-head initial, very, very early Prediction to our record next year. What would you go with? I'll tell you what I got. <clears throat> looking at the opponents right here. It's looking a lot tougher than this year, but things change throughout the season or throughout the course of the season. They change in the offseason. I have us winning 11 games. I have us winning 11 games. We won 12 this year. I think it'll be tough to do 12 again next year. I hope that we get there. I hope we win more. But off. My initial reaction to looking at this schedule, I would say we go 11 and 6 next year. 
that's just where I see us. But um, that's, you know, I think playoff caliber. And I think all this team needs is to get into the playoffs next year because they're hungry. And we're going to get back to where we need to be and further. But uh, over here, yeah, I see the see the predictions coming in. Hatter's house with 12 and 5. Love to see that. Braylon, 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 again. Love that. Hatter's house said 11 and 6 was last year's prediction. Rick Grit asked me after free agency. Okay, I will. I will. And, um, you know... I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at this with some key dates here, but uh, Hatter's House says alert after free agency and draft it will be 17 and 0. That's right because we're gonna cook again in the draft. I trust that Brad Holmes will. We have four picks in the top three rounds again, two in the third round, one in the first and second. Maybe we trade up. I don't know what we're gonna do. You know, now that we're here, you know, I'm I'm very interested to see which way we which way we go this year because we're we're later pick. In the draft, I think the latest pick in team franchise history is what maybe they said. I don't know. But um, I'm interested to see how Brad handles that this year. But I do think that we'll have another great draft. Brad Holmes has proven year after year after year that it works. I hope that we go make some moves in free agency. But um, at at least some very key moves. If we're going to try and bring a lot of people back, and pay some guys, extend some guys, and then build through the draft once again. I hope that they at least pay two key game changers to bring in on that defensive side this offseason. Or at least guys who are going to make a big difference. I hope that they go that way this year. Because we do have some money to spend. But we are going to have to use it on some of our own guys. But here are some key dates Moving forward, before we get out of here, it has been over an hour today, so I should probably let you guys go. But um, these are some key offseason dates moving forward. February 20th to March 5th, teams may designate tags on players. We do have some guys that we can tag this year, and we probably will. We'll see what happens there. February 27th to March 4th is the NFL Combine. March 13th, free agency begins. April 15th, teams begin off-season workouts. April 19th is the deadline for restricted free agents to sign. And then, of course, last but not least, the one that I'm going to bring up today, at least, April 25th through the 27th is the NFL draft. So, you know, a lot to look forward to this off-season. I was very not looking forward to the offseason. Uh, even into today, This the loss on Sunday stings, still does, still lingers. The Ben Johnson news helped out quite a bit today, though. You know, hearing that he's coming back gets us Lions fans excited. I think that the team's excited. They want to run him back more than ever, and we got the guys and the coaching staff to do this. Um, I don't care how tough our schedule is. They're built for this. We've Dan Campbell's told them that a million times. I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast. But this team is not going to be like Lions teams of the past. You know, it will be tougher. Everybody's going to be gunning for us. They got a lot of tape on us, which they did last year. But, you know, um, we're much more of a threat now. Schedule's tougher. We're playing a lot of first team, first place teams. But th- this team is hungry. And they're ready to roll. Um, I don't know if you saw that after the game press conferences. Panay Sewell 
that shit don't matter to every question. He's already ready to play. You know, I, I wish we were playing in the Super Bowl, but these guys are already wishing it was week one and are ready to roll. Um, other t- other teams, I think, would let that kill them. I think certain players are going to let this kill them, but we got the certain, we got the right guys on this team. We got the right personnel. And, you know, they, they were definitely intentional, intentional about going, and I cannot talk today. I'm sorry. They were definitely intentional about going and getting these certain type of guys so that when or if this were to happen, that it's not going to be a major setback. We're not going to let this bury us next year. No, this team's ready. And it's revenge to her time next year. All right. I'm going to go into the comments one more time before I get out of here. And then I'll let you all go. But the ones says, whatever Brad does this offseason, we'll have a chance. We're still dangerous. 100% agree. 100% agree. We made it to the NFC North. Or not the NFC North Championship. We won the NFC North Championship. We made it to the NFC Championship on what we have right now. And there are holes to fill. So imagine what we can do with what Brad does this offseason. I'm, I'm expecting big things. I'm with you there, the ones. Hatter's House, I'm curious to see if we move up in the first. Me too. I think it's. I think we could. I think we might. A lot to talk about with the draft. Very curious with that too. But we'll talk about that another week. Braylon, Brad's draft defense, 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 defense. And throw in a guard there. Throw in a guard there. <laughs> but a draft, yeah, de- definitely defense. A lot of the defense, but I-, I would love to see a guard in there. Braylon, all defense draft. And a guard. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it, Braylon. <laughs> Other than that, I agree with you for sure. Hatter's house, they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I know, I know. Braylon Dennis, we need AG to leave. Then I'll have hope. <laughs> Hatter's house agrees. Oh, all defense. All defenses, he agrees with Braylon. I, I I still think, well, if we don't address a guard in free agency, then then draft one. At least one. At least one. We need to sure up something there for the future. But Hatter's House also says, if AG leaves, we will get an extra comp pick. That's true. And a guard. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if AG leaves, Braylon will be happy. I think a lot of the fan base will be happy. Um, some of the players won't be happy. I know that. I know they love AG, but we do get an extra pick for that. So I don't know if Brad Holmes, I know he loves his picks. I don't know if he's secretly sitting there like, oh man, come on, Washington, please, please take AG. Cause we all know that, uh, Dan probably doesn't want to fire AG either. So that could be the only hope for the ones who want AG gone. The only hope might be that Washington hires him. And we get an extra pick out of it. So, you know, like I said, to me, no disrespect to to AG, but I think that the more important coordinator to come back was Ben Johnson, and he made it clear that he's coming back. So great news there. AG, if you go, best of luck to you. If you come back, I trust that if we make the right moves in the offseason, that you will get this defense better. But we're going to have to get you some help. That's for sure. But all right, you guys, that is going to do it for me today. Long episode, 
first off-season episode. Plenty more to talk about. If you want, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. It's at nharkson24, and you can shoot me some questions for the off-season moving forward. You can shoot them down in the community here in the on the YouTube channel, and I'll get them ready for next week if you, if you want to get some questions going. I am trying to get some things in the work here for the channel, um, trying to get some special guests moving forward. That is in the works, so uh, stay tuned. Got some big things planned. I don't, I don't know where Derek's been lately on this channel. He's just been doing his uh, Lion Syndicate, which is okay. It's all good, but uh, some big things moving forward here and trying to build upon the channel. But, uh, yeah, if you want to be a guest, let me know. I'll have you on. Let's do this. <laughs> but... Until next time, everybody. Oh, yeah. Hatter's House. Score predictions. Week 1, 2024. Lions by a million. Got to get the comment in here. Love to see it. Love to have you guys back. Hope to see you next Tuesday, 5 p.m. Detroit time, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. West Coast. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Go Lions, baby. Woo! Woo!